Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podman, iHeartRadio, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Double Twist, and I'm sure many others. Thank you once again always for downloading and listening to the Purple Mafia show. Here on, well, what I'd like to call the Paladino Live Podcasting Network. It's unofficial, but it's going to happen at some point. It's just kind of one of those things. Of course, when you have multiple podcasts, you might as well call it a network because it kind of is. And eventually I'll have some kind of a Facebook page to join them all together, something like that, and add another show to the mix, which I talked about in the uh, season preview episode, Freedom of Thought. But that's for another time, another place, I suppose. Because today the Minnesota Vikings opened up their season and played in front of no fans, mostly media. Well, there were a couple fans, but we'll leave those nameless, if they were even cared about being there, but <laughs> I'll leave that nameless. Uh, but generally speaking, a lifeless atmosphere, we'll say, and a score that would uh, pretty much make your eyes fall out. Yeah, the Packers defeat the Vikings 43-34. Don't get distracted by that 34 by Minnesota. We scored 24 points in the uh, fourth quarter. That's nice. You know, that's nice. You still end up losing by 11, even though you scored 24 points in the fourth quarter. You think, an amazing comeback. Here we go. Not really. Uh, the Vikings' defense today sucked. I mean, that's all that. that that's just in one word. It sucked. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, I mean, I was. this is the one thing I was afraid of coming into this season, coming into this game, was... <clears throat> Well, what happened to Drew Brees years ago when the San Diego Chargers took Phillip Rivers? It lit a fire under him, and uh, Drew Brees took off and was spectacular. Wound up with the Saints later on and won a Super Bowl, and he's the all-time greatest passer in uh, history of our, when it comes to yardage and many other categories. He's at the top or near the top or this or that. He's in his quarterback against Tom Brady right now, the first-ever matchup of 40-plus-year-old quarterbacks in the same game, and they're both basically top five all-time quarterbacks ever. So pretty cool to see in the NFC South. But um, at the end of the day, Aaron Rodgers is pretty much right in that same category. He'd struggled the past few years with accuracy, this and that. It just wasn't there, the frustration. But then all of a sudden, the Packers' defense was super good, and they went 13-3 and last year. And they ran into the <laughs> they ran into the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Vikings had what looked like a promising season last year. It looked kind of good, maybe something to build upon. Vikings could have easily went 12-4 and last year, if not for basically just... Just kind of saying, well, we made the playoffs and we can't move up anymore, so whatever. And they ended up losing two games in a row and finishing 10-6. and six. So, you flip the switch a few months later, COVID or not, the NFL draft continued as is, even though not like standard style, but it still happened on the same day that they were planning. And the Green Bay Packers took <laughs> Mr. Love there, Mr. Jordan Love, in the first round. Instead of taking some type of uh, help for Aaron Rodgers, another wide receiver, whatever it is. Obviously, they're pretty good at running back, but another wide receiver would have helped, though I guess maybe it doesn't matter. It, regardless if Aaron Rodgers needed a fire lit under him or not, it got lit. And as some of the younger generation might say, Aaron Rodgers was lit in this game. I don't usually like using that term. It's overrated. 364 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions, 73% completion percentage, 32 of 44. Need I say more? Forgive the rhyme there. It wasn't even intended, but whatever. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was was lit. There, I said it again. The entire game. He absolutely annihilated the Vikings. Defense, uh, you get the young cornerbacks. 
Nice to see Cameron Dantzler starting in the game. That was cool. But you saw some moments. You saw an open field tackle where he denied Adams on a on a third and short. That was pretty cool. But then, of course, the Packers converted immediately on the next play with a dive from Aaron Rodgers. That's great. Uh, Devontae Adams, 14 catches, 156 yards, two touchdowns, and he let us know that he caught his second touchdown of the day. Uh, looking in the camera, that was just uh, really enlightening and very uh, quaint for all of us. Brian O'Neill gave up his uh, gave up a very rare sack in the second quarter, maybe his second ever as a Viking. Sedaria Smith just kind of rolled right through him. He was one of the major problems last year in U.S. Bank Stadium late in the season when the Vikings uh, saw their uh, chances to win the division literally vanish before our eyes. Uh, again, Cam Dancer was out there most of the game. That was cool. First round pick from the Minnesota Vikings was not, though. And when we're talking about Jeff Gladney, ultimately, uh, is it the meniscus? They're just being careful with that? Or what's the deal? Was he not good in practice? Was he not ready for the the big time? I don't know, but you didn't see Gladney at all. Uh, you, you did see Jefferson eventually. He had a respectable couple of plays, and, you know, not a whole lot. That's Justin Jefferson, of course. Two, touch, uh, two catches, targeted three times for 26 yards in the very first catch, and everybody's giving him a hell of a time. And a big fight basically started on the field after that because they were just kind of going a little overboard. That was kind of silly. But, I mean, the Vikings' offense, the numbers are okay. Of course, the first half was horrendous, and the Packers owned us uh, in every way. The Packers seemed to be able to do whatever they wanted the entire game, pretty much, especially outside of the red zone. As earlier on, the Vikings' defense was promising in the red zone, and then that went away, <laughs> completely went away. First half, uh, again, the Packers didn't punt once. Not a single time. They dominated the time of position, 22-45 to 7 minutes and 15 seconds. Total yardage of 271 to uh, 97 in terms of the Minnesota Vikings' total yardage in the first half. What? I mean, that's freaking awful. Come on, man. That's uh, summed up nicely there in a big way. Um what more can you say? Well, the game sucked. There's a whole lot to say. It was just an awful game. Uh, obviously, the Vikings getting 34 points was nice and everything, but, you know, was it prevent defense allowing it? Was it the Vikings offense is so good that I guess we can score a couple points? But when your defense doesn't even show up, basically, what the hell can you do? Uh, K.J. Osborne, very nice NFL debut. It took forever for him to get a chance to return anything, but he got a couple returns and a 38 long. That's pretty good. Pretty good. A very respectable start to his... Uh, career, K.J. Osborne, so we might have a little bit of a threat when it comes to special teams. He was solid in college in that department. So there you go. Dan Bailey made the one kick he needed to, and that was it. 35 yards, and he made an extra point. Otherwise, the Vikings converted on all of their uh, two-point conversions. That was three of them. That's cool. You know, you got Delvin Cook involved. You got uh, Adam Thielen involved. I mean, it's plain as day who the big three is when it comes to the Minnesota Vikings offense. And it's kind of the classic quarterback, running back, receiver situation. There isn't multiple receivers like there was in the past when you had Thielen and Diggs leading the way. Pretty much you got Kirk Cousins, you got Dalvin Cook, and you have <clears throat> Adam Thielen. Now, Dalvin Cook wasn't spectacular in this game, and yes, he did get his uh, five-year, $63 million contract, $28 million guaranteed. Of course, that was not mentioned on the last show because it hadn't happened yet. So Dalvin Cook did get paid. And I was talking about how running backs don't get paid. Well, he, well, he did. He got over $12 million, uh, $12 million a year on average. At the end of the day, average 4.1 a carry. That's actually not really bad. Uh, a long of 12. So it was kind of mostly a consistency type of thing with Cook today. He never broke loose. Uh, Madison was very solid. 
He had a 21-yard long, including 50 yards total at the end of the day. Nice running back tandem, and he's insurance no matter what happens. Delvin Cook will get $28 million regardless of what happens the rest of the way, so that's good for him. So he's guaranteed a significant amount of money the rest of his life, regardless of what happens uh, in a week. <laughs> because you don't know what the NFL... You just don't know what, what what's going to happen for the uh, in the NFL in the future. Again, Kirk Cousins almost invisible in the first half, but he didn't have the bleeping ball. They didn't have a chance to really do anything. Uh, Vikings did punt once, but again, time of possession, 7-15 out of a possible 30 minutes. That's some bleep. That's some F-bomb right there. I mean, that that's insane. That's utterly insane. And again, Aaron Rodgers completed those third-down conversions he was going to get. Uh, no run defense whatsoever. Aaron Jones did whatever he wanted, and he never had to break loose at all. He never had to break loose. Just never. Uh, some guy named Tyler Irvin also, not bad at the end of the day. Rodgers only rushed once. It's funny, and that was that. That was a fourth down conversion at the end of the day. It's like they just did whatever the hell they wanted when they wanted. Like it's third and one, third and two, first down. That was basically how it was the entire game. How many times did the Green Bay Packers punt in the game? Once. Oh my god! That's right, once. Uh, isn't that great? Uh, to our credit, the Vikings punted only twice, but again, we didn't have the ball. So, I <laughs> uh, can't brag too much about that. No touchbacks by one of the great punters in the NFL. That's Britton Colquitt. We appreciate him very much. And, of course, Dan Bailey. Vikings defense is non-existent as it was. Eric Kendricks, I thought, was very solid. Harrison Smith, uh, you can't really blame him much. Just a lot of bad angles taken by young cornerbacks and, and such. And just a generally awful game. Uh, Holden Hill and Cam, Cam Dantzler got absolutely beaten the hell out of in this game. I mean, just just absolutely destroyed, and it's, and it's really sad. Uh, that's why you saw Holden Hill with seven tackles. And in some cases, the tackle never even happened because, well, it was a touchdown when it came to uh, Cam Dantzler and Holton Hill. Anthony Harris was, uh, you know, he was okay. Mike Hughes was beat as much as he was, even though he was, he was okay at times. But, I mean, think about how young the secondary is, other than Harrison Smith and Anthony Harris. And those guys look like crap out there because, well, there's only so much safety help you can give. I mean, they can't be there, Johnny, on the spot every single time a cornerback takes a bad angle or is just beat by a Hall of Fame quarterback, which is one of the number one things here for today. He got beat by a Hall of Fame quarterback, obviously, but it'd be nice to make a stop once in a while. That would help. Uh, again, no sacks whatsoever in the entire game. Zero sacks. Aaron Rodgers got hurried once by our friend uh, Oda, Oda Nigbo. He didn't get a single tackle in the game, unfortunately. He almost had the sack. It was intentionally grounded, so it was kind of like a sack at the end of the day. Uh, so give him some credit there. They did not officially credit him with a sack because he was not in the grasp at the time was Aaron Rodgers. He'd already let go of the ball. So that's just how that works. No sack. Anthony Barr, I, I, I just, I, I'm not a big fan. I, I think, I don't think he's worth the money he's getting paid. I'm just not. Uh, I don't know. Eric Wilson, adequate. Jaleel Johnson was actually kind of okay out there. He was respectable. Defensive tackle, of course. Uh, I don't know. It kind of is what it is. It was a collective awful day for the defense. Absolutely outcoached, outschooled, uh, just schooled by uh, by Favre. I almost called him Brett Favre. Aaron Rodgers and Lafleur over there. Mister Lafleur over there on the on the sideline for the uh, Green Bay Packers. 
Mike Zimmer, the play caller on defense, got absolutely, you know, he got manhandled, and it's it's sad. They matched our every move and had a setup where it just looked like there was just no play to be made defensively in some of those situations until it was too late. You know, the guy's way down the field, whoever he is, whichever player it is, Devontae Adams, uh, Alan Lazard, multiple times. There was a case where he was wide open. Uh, no, that was Scantling. Uh, Lazard also uh, dropped a sure touchdown and then got a touchdown on the next play. That's That, that kind of sums up the entire game. Both of these guys, Marquez Valdez Scantling and Alan Lazard. Lazarus over there. Oh, Lazarus, the lizard, or, okay, I'm sorry. On both plays, Scantling would have brought in a 60-yard pass if he was just a, a millimeter more ready for the play. you you, you got to make the play because he was off his fingers. He should have made the catch. It would have been a 60-yard gain, so he gets a 45-yard gain. Anyway, and like, you know, like the next play, basically, and the Packers end up scoring a touchdown. It, 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 isn't that just quaint? And then Alan Lazard makes the catch and kind of bobbles and trips. Still makes the catch, but he just lost his balance, fell to the ground. And the next play, touchdown, Alan Lazard from Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that summed up the entire day for the Minnesota Vikings. I could pretty much just drop the mic and walk away right there. Absolutely, I could do that. And I don't think any of you would really complain (laughs) when you think about that. Just the, uh, the offense wasn't very creative either. The Tajay Sharp fourth down conversion attempt didn't make any sense. That's one thing we've heard about nonstop all over the place. Nobody really understood what happened there. I don't know. The offense doesn't look creative. The offensive line isn't giving Kirk Cousins time at all. Uh, even Brian O'Neill, again, giving up a sack. He had probably his worst game as a Viking. And that's just heartbreaking when you consider how valuable he is. And he was playing in his position. It's not like he was playing left tackle because of the Riley Reef situation. And all of us can come out and say, especially for the young rookies, you can say this all we want. We can say it. Cameron Dantzler, you know, Holden Hill, all these guys. Holden Hill, it's his third year anyway. But like a Cam Dantzler, guys like that, they never got to play a single NFL preseason game or anything like that. And it was kind of an awkward, weird situation. All you got to have was a little bit of training camp. But, well, the same thing goes for the Packers. And they didn't seem to have any problem at all. Uh, and then you have a guy like Aaron Rodgers. He's he's Brett Favre now at this point. You know, mid-30s, mid-to-upper 30s. Brett Favre didn't give a damn about training camp. He didn't give a rat's ass. And he sure as hell isn't going to show up for any, like, yeah, mini camp or anything like that. He didn't give a damn. Like, why would he Why would he need it? That type of thing. And Aaron Rodgers didn't even come off to a slow start. <laughs> he was just flat out ready to go, focused. And like, okay, fine, you take this guy to replace me, but uh, you're going to have a hard time replacing me right away. And if you do, you know, <laughs> well, at least you'll get good value in return, I guess. And I'll get to play for another five plus years for the Saints, for the Minnesota Vikings, <clears throat> for the Bears, for the Detroit Lions. Who knows? Maybe, you know, if he wants to wind up on another divisional team, of course, Packers ain't going to deal uh, Aaron Rodgers to the Vikings or the Bears, that's for sure, or the Lions. Maybe he'll wind up on the Dolphins. Maybe he'll wind up on the 49ers. Maybe that could happen. But we'll have to wait and see for that. The Las Vegas Raiders, maybe. Congratulations to them, uh, by the way. We'll talk about them in segment number two. Jacksonville Jaguars, yeah. Yeah, uh, I can't believe who won today. I, I, I'm i just looking at this and kind of chuckling to myself. I cannot believe who won today. And certain games that other teams that were also not so great, they should have won and they blew it. Kind of funny. Um, when you talk about the NFC North and the Vikings winning it, is it over already? 
It feels like it. <laughs> so I'm sorry, but it feels like it. Do you think the Vikings are going to win the NFC North right now? I can I can see you shaking your head out there in Iowa, in, in you know other parts of the Twin Cities, South Dakota. I can see you shaking your head over there too. You know, maybe over in uh, Northern Scotland, you're shaking your head as well about the Vikings winning the NFC North. I mean, you give up 43 bleeping points at home in a game where it just felt like your defense didn't exist. I mean, I, I don't know. I think the chances of winning the NFC North are one in whatever. It, it's not the same. It's not as good as it would have been. Let's just put it that way. Still would have had our work cut out for us, but Lafleur continues to be undefeated versus the Vikings, and Aaron Rodgers has a pretty good record against Minnesota as well, except in crazy seasons. But how many crazy seasons have we had? 2009 was a beautiful year. That was head-to-head with Rodgers. He was a completely different player back then. You saw him making plays out there that you wouldn't see him make today. You wouldn't see him make, you know, trying to force plays. That it just he just didn't really look like he knew what he was doing like he does today. I still remember watching that game in uh, U.S. Bank U.S. Bank Stadium in the Metrodome or Mall of America Field. I think it was still the Metrodome at the time, pre-roof collapse, um, when Favre was about turning forty and playing against the Packers in U.S. Bank Stadium. Beautiful night. Uh, Rodgers did not look anything like he does today. Just the savviness. It just wasn't there. It's kind of funny to think about when you sit down and analyze that whole deal. Um, <laughs> it's just crazy. The guy is savvy. I mean, just a little flip pass he made. I believe. Now I'm trying to remember who it was to. I think that was to. Uh, I think that was to uh, Scantley. Um, yeah, that was the Scantley touchdown. Just or no, maybe it was Lazard. I think it was. Yeah, it just Danster was on him. He was covering him just fine. And just a little thump like that. Just the way he just kind of let it go and put it in the only spot, only where Lazard could catch it. And that's all there is to say. I mean, that's just all there was to say at that point when uh, Aaron Rodgers was able to complete the play. Minnesota Viking fans that admire and respect Aaron Rodgers, I see what you're... I, I, I see why. I see it. Um, we've hated him forever. Now we're at that point. It's just, you know, once Brett Favre got to a certain age, after all the damn frustrations we went through in the 90s, like, I hate Favre, I hate the Packers, I hate him, hate him, hate him, hate him, but once it got to the mid-2000s, when he started to get to that historic level, and they took this cocky young Aaron Rodgers at the time, it was hard to not be a fan of Brett Favre, even if he was on the wrong side, and then when he came here, he just became a 10-time bigger fan, and now with Aaron Rodgers, with Jordan Love, I'm feeling a little different about him now. I don't know. It seems like he's he's having more fun out there now because he knows, you know, he, he knows his days in the league are numbered and he's going to have fun out there. And he has, for so long, outsmarted his opponents. Like when they rolled into Dallas a few years ago, Dallas 13-3 and record, and just schooled those idiots. Just made them look like fools. The Dallas buffoons. That's what they looked like. And I remember the crowd was just booing and frustrated and angry. And it was really something else. Uh, one of the plays that drove me absolutely crazy, now that I'm getting a little bit uh, into some kind of other conversation, but <clears throat> I'm sure you don't mind hearing that, I guess, <laughs> as an NFL fan. Jeez, that J.R. Alexander is a Viking killer, isn't he? Absolute Viking killer. Uh, the safety blitz reminded me of uh, what uh, our guy, Alexander, the same, the same, <laughs> Alexander, McKenzie Alexander. Isn't that ironic how that turns out? McKenzie Alexander, last year, safety blitz, beautiful play. 
where just nobody saw him coming. It was like you just saw him running forward and say, aha, they're blitzing the corner. Boom. I can't remember who it was against. It was a forced fumble and everything. It was a beautiful play. Actually, I think it was just a sack, but it was an awesome play. I can't remember exactly if there was a forced fumble, but it's a calendar year ago, so we'll let that go. But J.R. Alexander got the, uh, got the sack on the corner blitz, and then when the Vikings, well, with 39 seconds left, this is where a lot of you might say, this is why Denny Green took the knee. 39 seconds and 98, the, the one that haunts us forever. Well, yeah, I guess the pass was tipped and intercepted by Jerry Alexander, and then the Packers marched down the field in, in seconds and scored a touchdown. That was insane. Absolutely just devastating. That was a major turning point. Even though the Packers were already ahead, that's when they took a big lead, and that's when you knew we were bleeped at that point. Uh, Vikings did also generate a nice little, <laughs> a nice little offense finally, and got uh, got their second field goal to get us kind of on the scoreboard a little bit after that. But uh, it is what it is. We finally scored something. Well, no, that's after we had our touchdown. We scored our first field goal to make it uh, twenty-two to ten. It felt like nothing happened, but again, the opening drive for the Vikings was great and everything. We loved that, but I've pretty much forgotten about the opening drive for Minnesota. Kind of reminds me of the Philadelphia Eagles game. Like, who's talking about the opening drive for the Vikings versus the Philadelphia Eagles? Nobody. Nobody is talking about it. Um, but no, respectable little quick drive to get us a 35-yard field goal, blah, 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 and then it was just, you know, it just was what it was after that. A boring as hell third quarter, just boring as hell. Fourth quarter was fun in terms of the scoring, but the whole game, you felt no energy. The whole game, pretty much from second quarter on, you felt we were going to lose. And that's just all there is to say. I mean, what, what more is there to say at this point? You just you could just feel we were going to lose the game, negative or not. It, you know, it was absolutely devastating for this Viking team. Ah, oh, boy. Oof. What, what, where do you go from here? Huh? You just, uh, as some of the lame homers would say in the media, you just flush this one out and get ready for next week. That's pretty much all they can do. And I'm not saying it because I'm Mr. Positive. I'm not positive right now. I'm not happy at all about what I saw. I don't think anybody is. But I, I really don't. Um, it just reeked of like Philadelphia, Minnesota again, but worse in a way because, yeah. I mean, that was the that was Philadelphia going on to winning a, to winning a Super Bowl. I don't think Green Bay is going to win a Super Bowl, but they might be at least the third best team in the NFC now, knocking on the door of uh, Tampa Bay, Seattle. They might be. If, if they play anything like this for uh, the majority of the game's rest of the season, they could go 13-3 and again and be knocking on that door. They, they could be. Uh, especially if Tampa's not that impressive, and they have not been. Uh, the Saints, 24-14 at this moment when I'm recording segment number one. Because you know how this works. Usually somewhat during the uh, second, second wave of games is usually when I record segment number one. Segment number two is usually during Sunday Night Football. That'll be fun later. Dallas and the Rams, that's going to be okay, I guess. We'll talk about that later. But it was just the weird plays that, that left you frustrated. Some of the crappy play calling. and But it was amazing how multiple times the Packers were like fingertips away or a, a two left feet away from a touchdown, like an easy touchdown, because there was just, there's nobody there. You know, it's a bad angle by Dantzler or whatever. The heck, Holden Hill just got beat for the 19th time, you know, because, yeah, Holden Hill beat for the 19th time. Let me tell you about that one, right? You saw the game, you know, as as an angry coach or even Michael Jordan once said, 
You you saw the game. You know, you saw the game, right? Most of you did. Maybe some of you didn't, and you're getting your review from me. But Holden Hill got beat a lot, for those of you that didn't see it. He, he got beat a lot. A lot. A lot. A lot. Um, he didn't look good. He just didn't, and he got schooled time and time again. Holden Hill. Oh, mm. Mm, scary. Scary. And Mike Hughes, I'm not impressed anymore. I, his first year before the injury looked damn good. Since the injury, I don't know who he is anymore. He's he's no first round pick in my eyes. He's just he's just a guy. That's what he is, just a guy. Um, with that said, your Fran Targington Award winner for this episode has got to be Adam Thielen. What an awesome game he had! It's not going to anybody on the defense. Absolutely no chance. It's, it's no chance. Adam Thielen had a great day. Uh, he made the plays he needed to. Adam Thielen, typically in a game like this, you'd think the Vikings won. 110 yards, two touchdowns. Adam Thielen was spectacular in the game. Kirk Cousins was awful in the first half, but he didn't have the damn ball anyway. Uh, you know, and again, that play sucked. The play he made sucked. But if you think Kirk Cousins is the reason this Viking team lost, uh, let's uh, hit that replay button and watch the whole game again from quarter one to quarter done and tell me Kirk Cousins is the reason why the Vikings lost today. I'm not a huge Cousins fan. I don't think it's a good idea to give him $32 million. I don't think it's a good idea. He's not Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is the guy you give $32 million. The guy on the other sidelines is worth $32 million, even today. At age 36, he's worth $32 million. 32-year-old Kirk Cousins is not worth $32 million. He's just not, and I think everybody knows it. He's a good quarterback. He's worth 20-plus. He's, you know, because quarterbacks are excellent. You know, quarterbacks are worth, you know... Tens of millions of dollars a year. Anybody who's halfway decent. But, you know, I'm just saying, he's not the re- he's not the reason why we lost this game. The defense, the defensive schemes, and the uh, just getting completely outcoached offense versus defense in this game. One time after another. It was literally, you know, like a Tecmo Bowl. You have the exact wrong play, and they had the exact right play. Yeah, and, and it just kept happening and happening and happening. And that's all there is to say about that. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> and the offense was, you know, it's okay. You know, it was okay at times. I mean, you still scored 34 points, but with some of it prevent defense, especially later in the game, I'm sure we would have scored at least 24, which is decent if your defense shows up to play. Absolutely. Um, you can't put a whole lot of blame on the offense. Just, again, that bad decision by Kirk Cousins and a couple of lame overthrows. Yeah, that should have been made. Come on, man. It should have been made. Uh but you can't fault a whole lot here. Uh, Kyle Rudolph, again, that big 22-yard play that set up the field goal at the end of the half, the first half. That was a good one. But other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? 43-34. And it should have, you know, and the score does not reflect how bad a game it truly was. Uh, Green Bay punted once. That's all you need to hear. Green Bay punted once in the time of possession. I'll, get over, I'll go over that right now super fast if I can set that up and then give you your... Uh, Christian Ponder Memorial. I don't even know if there is one, though, <laughs> at the end of the day. Where are the... Yeah, total yards, 522. That's the most ever given up by a Mike Zimmer team. Ever given up by a Mike Zimmer team, including the uh, Philadelphia game. and uh, Or actually, it's the second worst of the Rams. Excuse me. That was the most given up in Vikings history, if I remember correctly. Massive shootout. Very entertaining game, but the Vikings didn't win that one. That was the uh, 2018 uh, LA Rams wearing those beautiful classic uniforms in that old-school building. The, uh, the LA Coliseum. That was awesome. Uh, awesome night, but unfortunately the Vikings came up short. Uh, yeah, that's just all there is to say. Vikings did wind up with 382 total yards. That's good, but 
I don't know. Third down efficiency by Green Bay, 6 of 10. Fourth down efficiency, 1 of 2. The Vikings did stop the uh, Packers at the goal line. That's what gave us hope that our red zone defense was going to be good. The Packers' uh, excellence with the you know, controlling the ball tired out the Vikings' defense. And also the Vikings' uh, inability to get anything going offensively in the first half didn't help either. So, I mean, you can't rip on the defense only either. But I think they deserve a big chunk of it, huge chunk of it. Uh, but the coaching schemes, I think, are the uh, the cream of the crop in, in terms of what an awful day today was. 41 minutes and 16 seconds time of possession for Green Bay. 18.44 for Minnesota. And I don't know, hey, there's no way you're going to win in that situation unless you're insanely lucky. A uh, bunch of squid kicks at the end and bounce of the ball. Everything would have to go your way for that to happen. With that said, we'll take a quick break and get into hopefully a more positive version. And when we get into my favorite segment of all, NFL Roundup, NFC North Roundup, you know, like NFL kind of looking at the scoreboard and NFC North Roundup and previewing the Indianapolis Colts with your old buddy, Philip Rivers. We loved him last year. We sure did. And we are back here on Purple Mafia segment number two. Going to look around the league a bit and, of course, focus on the NFC North like we like to do. Interestingly, though, the season started with all NFC North teams playing each other, so I guess it's just one other game this time around. Obviously, the Vikings lost to the Packers. Woohoo! Isn't that just great? Thursday night, NFL returned to action, and, of course, well, you know, of course, there's always uh, some extra stuff mixed in, and there's less fans. There's extra... We'll call it political stanzas. We'll call it movements. We'll call it whatever it is. There's all that involved. Yeah, well, Kansas City Chiefs, the defending world champions, they beat uh, Houston 34-20. to Nice start to the season, I suppose, and the Kansas City Chiefs look like the world champions, that's for sure. David Johnson debuted with his new club, coming from Arizona. 77 yards on the ground, got a touchdown, and Deshaun Watson also scampered for one along the way. Solid game for him, but certainly not as good as Patrick Mahomes where he completed 75% of his passes and three touchdowns, just picking up right where he left off. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire off to a great start also with Kansas City with 138 yards on the ground, 5.5 a carry. Good overall performance for him. Sammy Watkins, another big game. Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. They're pretty much back to back to rocking and rolling. And that's about all there is to say there. Tyron Matthew, obviously one of those excellent additions to Kansas City and ended up getting a ring for it. So, good for the Kansas City Chiefs, and I guess they'll keep doing what they're doing. He got the Brown Bowl. That's a nice way to start the season, I guess. It's interesting. It's kind of like starting, it's kind of like hockey almost. Isn't that how it works when they start with uh, division rivals? That's It happens sometimes, but not really often in the NFL. Not really. Usually it's like mid to later in the year, and you wrap up with a division rival. I don't know. Kind of a weird schedule this year. Baltimore, the old Brown Bowl, and the the purple team beat the real Browns, or, well, the original Browns beat the new Browns, 38-6, to and, wow, I mean, uh, we knew Baltimore was good, but Cleveland, it's just, it's just a crying shame. I mean, they're just dying and praying for them to get better, and, and they're just not getting better. Baker Mayfield couldn't complete 53% of his passes, attempted 38 times. Of course, when you're behind, you're going to attempt a lot of passes. 
Robert Griffin got to complete a pass and kneel down basically down the stretch to lead the uh, you know to help be the <laughs> to help the Baltimore Ravens get their first win of the season. Lamar Jackson three touchdowns, eighty percent completion percentage, about like a Lamar Jackson game last year. You know, only attempted twenty five passes, got forty five yards on the ground. Sometimes he'd get more. Oftentimes. Just an absolute superstar in Baltimore's defense, also shutting down this Cleveland offense, which should have a lot more going on when you have Jarvis Landry, Oldo Beckham, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, and a number one pick in the draft. He was supposed to be better than he is, but looks like another blue chip bust, as I like to call them. Those first overall picks in the NFL draft that don't work out. Uh, Anderson Deho, Anderson Denjo. No, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Anderson Deho, three tackles in his Cleveland debut, along with Kevin Stefanski's. NFL debut as a head coach, and well, I'm, I'm sorry, Gavin. This, this, uh, I'm, uh, it sucks to see this happen, but it did. 38 to six. We'll quickly move on, and we will not do that one. I almost jumped on Indianapolis. That would been a huge mistake, but uh, yeah, well, Jacksonville. Let's just keep going from there. Teddy Bridgewater hosting the Las Vegas Raiders. Welcome to the NFL city of Las Vegas. Of course, the Raiders have existed for many, many years, going back to Oakland, to Los Angeles, back to Oakland, and now to Las Vegas. So, go figure. They finally left California for good, because they're not leaving Las Vegas. They're just not. <laughs> I don't think Las Vegas is going to be losing any teams anytime soon, but uh, maybe that Vegas Golden Knights magic can uh, rub off on the Las Vegas Raiders, because Las Vegas has been awfully successful in the NHL in the three years they've existed. Uh, two Western Conference Finals appearances. They won for sure a couple years ago. Lost in the Cup Final. Last year they got upset, or well, they blew a three-game-to-one lead versus San Jose Sharks. Check out Brave the Wild, by the way. That's my Minnesota Wild podcast. Uh, and then this year they're in the West Finals, but it looks like they might lose to the Dallas Stars of all teams. Again, Brave the Wild for a hockey conversation. Nice to see Teddy Bridgewater back out playing as a full-time starter for a football team. Isn't that great? Full-time starter again, 20, 22 of 34, 64.7%. Kind of a Teddy game, I guess you could say, with the Vikings in the past. But more attempts than he probably had back then with Minnesota. Just very conservative with our uh, with our buddy Norv Turner there. One touchdown pass for Bridgewater. He's not an explosive franchise type of quarterback, but he can be damn good, Teddy Bridgewater. And I'd, I wouldn't mind having him as quarterback of the Vikings. He did rush for four uh he had four carries anyway for 26 yards. Nice to see him getting mobile again out there. Christian McCaffrey, one of those super high-paid superstars who can do a little bit of everything. 96 yards on the ground with two touchdowns. Overall great. But uh, Derek Carr and the Raiders end up winning 34-30. to Interesting start to the season and good start for the city of Las Vegas, I suppose, in the National Football League. And a team that's had minimal success the last several years, but other than 2015-2016 uh, where they looked like they were jumping up and ready to go, and then down they went. Uh, Derek Carr only one touchdown, but completed over 70% of his passes. Josh Jacobs awesome on the ground, so fantasy bowlers rejoice as he was getting all those goal line smashes. Three touchdowns on the ground for Josh Jacobs to go with his 93 yards. Not spectacular numbers, but kind of old school black and blue football that figures. Black and blue, like black Raiders and Blue Carolina Panthers. Yeah, well, it's a black and blue football, I guess. And they got the job done with some of that old running game and all that good stuff. Good job for the uh, Las Vegas Raiders opening up their NFL tenure, which I'm sure they'll be around for many, many years. Let's go to the NFC East for a moment. The Washington 
<sighs> the W's, I guess they're the W's, and they had a W today. The Washington W's, yeah, the Washington football team. One thing, you know, I, I might not 100% be all on board with, you know, having to cut the, get rid of the name. Maybe not be 100%. I'm not 100% against it either, we'll say. But let me tell you, <laughs> I got to think the hats, the shirts, stuff like that is going to be one hell of a collector's item because it's one year. Think about it. Imagine there's this video game called Stadium Events where there was a couple of labels that said, or this video game called Track and Field. And then there were a couple of versions of it where the sticker was Stadium Events. Well, that thing's worth about $10,000. Track and Field is worth, you know, eh, maybe like, I don't even know, like $10, $15, maybe $20. Stadium Events is like a ten grand type of thing. I'm not sure that uh, a Washington football team helmet or shirt is going to be worth that much, but it's going to be worth something someday, i got to think. It's not interesting. It's very, very, very boring. It's the most boring thing in the history of the planet, the Washington football team, but it's uh, quite the... Uh, I, I got to think it's quite a collector's item, but you consider they will be wearing this for one year, and then it'll disappear from existence. That's their logo right now. They look like the maroon and gold. They look like the Gophers, but upside down, actually, with that W. It's kind of funny. It's the darndest thing I've ever seen. But uh, Matthew Collar, of, uh, formerly of uh, Purple Daily, got his way because he always called them the Washington football team. Well, he, he got his way. They beat the Philadelphia Eagles, now that I'm getting to my point. I just wanted to talk about the Washington football team established in 1932 for a couple of minutes there. And a nice, strong finish in, a, in an epic battle with the Philadelphia Eagles. For me, this is further reason why the Philadelphia Eagles are not going to any AFC or NFC championship game or anything like that. They're, they might not even win the division. In fact, they're probably not going to. Right now, flashing on the screen is the Dallas Cowboys wearing the dark navy blue uniforms, which they don't wear very often. And the Los Angeles Rams with their new uniforms, eh, they're okay. I don't know. I like to, It's not that bad. I guess it's kind of like retro meets 20, 2090. You know what I mean? Looks like Space Age. Like a Space Age version of the retro Rams jerseys, I guess you could say. Like, literally, like 2090. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's super futuristic looking, you could say, with the retroish, with, with a retro theme to it, I suppose. So it's okay. It, it doesn't blow me away, but it doesn't make me like want to turn off the TV screen either. Um, yeah, that's just how that is. I'm just, I'm kind of admiring the uniqueness of this Washington situation, though. How, yeah, I mean, think about it. They're selling hats and shirts that say Washington Football Team. They're going to be worth something. I got to think. But uh, overall, generally speaking, that's the most interesting part about this game. I mean, Haskins is not that good. You know, he can't even complete 55%. Carson Wentz is not living up to the hype to me. He, he's just not, and they couldn't generate much of a running game either, could Philadelphia. Just couldn't get anything going on the ground. Dallas Godert, Dallas Godert did well, generally speaking, for Philly. 101 yards in the air with a catch. Uh, but Carson Wentz couldn't even get to 58% on the ground or in the air, so to speak. He threw a couple of interceptions in the game. Ever since that knee injury way back in 17, not, not that it's that long ago, but back in 17 when they were having that amazing season with Carson Wentz at the helm, by the way, <laughs> Nick Foles wasn't a hero until the postseason pretty much. During the regular season, it was pretty weak. It was a pretty weak finish. It's a miracle that they still wound up with home field advantage, but... <laughs> Carson Wentz was awesome that year, and since then he's not been awesome. He's not, and that's why they've uh, that's why they uh, drafted a quarterback in the second round this year to light a fire under him, and it didn't work. With Rodgers, it worked. 
it worked one way or another, whatever the motive was there, partially because Rodgers is getting older. But uh, let's go to the New England Patriots versus the Miami Dolphins. Well, during the Tom Brady era, six Super Bowls and all that stuff, Miami Dolphins would constantly frustrate the New England Patriots, and they'd always beat them. So Tom Brady's not there. Goes on to Tampa Bay. Uh, interesting and weird seeing him as a 43-year-old quarterback in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't think anybody on the planet could imagine a 42-year-old guy that won six Super Bowls with one team would go to another team at age 43. But uh, in this world, I guess anything can happen. And lightning has struck twice here when you think about this. The Miami Dolphins would always beat the New England Patriots no matter how great they were and no matter how bad Miami was. Well, the New England Patriots beat Miami today, 21-11. to And 11, that's quite a strange score, but that's how it goes, obviously, when you go for two after a touchdown. So good for Miami trying to make a comeback late in the game. But <sighs> Miami's back to sucking again, I guess. It's just, it's too bad. I'd like to see the Dolphins get good again. Ryan Fitzpatrick, three interceptions. No no Fitz magic today, that's for sure. New England's defense is still good. That's the one thing I, I myself, of all people, who's enjoyed watching the New England Patriots for many years. Uh, one thing I should know better is how good that New England defense still is, especially at least since beating the Los Angeles Rams in the Super Bowl and during the course of that season where the, the New England defense was actually the reason they were winning more so than Brady. And, well, that New England defense is still good. Cam Newton, Cam Newton's Cam Newton again. I mean, didn't attempt too many passes, but was very accurate and ran for 75 yards. Both of them, he was able to get into the end zone. So if you had him on your fantasy team, good for you. You still got points just as a running back, basically, <laughs> as, as a running quarterback. Cam Newton showing that speed and that mobility still for the New England Patriots. It's just the darndest thing I've ever seen. It's the darndest thing. I keep thinking of Tom Brady and Julian Edelman forever and this Cam Newton and Julian Edelman. It's the darndest thing, man, let me tell you. But uh, nice win for the New England Patriots to get things going early on, I suppose. They're 1-0 and against a team that always had beat them, even with Brady at the helm. Green Bay, Minnesota, we know what happened there. Chicago, Detroit, that's much later. Buffalo, New York Giants. Giants continue to, or Jets, pardon me. The Jets continue to be very mediocre and all that, and they only wound up with 17 points. I mean, another team like the Cleveland Browns, you think they have this nice quarterback of the future, and it's just, it's just not happening. And Josh Allen, no matter what you think of him, he is a mobile he, he, he's a mobile quarterback, and anybody that has him as their fantasy quarterback, they're feeling good today. The legend Frank Gore, uh, you know, it's nice to see him still playing, but not for the Jets. Not for the Jets. Sam Darnold just average again. One touchdown, one interception. Kind of Derek Carr-like type of numbers. Despite some nice uh, options there, Jamison Crowder's a damn good player. Le'Veon Bell, you think, would take some pressure off him, but just couldn't get anything going, and they were behind almost the whole game. Josh Allen was able to run a touchdown in and throw for a couple and did not turn the ball over. Well, actually he did. He fumbled twice. But, uh, yeah. And there's another guy named Stefan Diggs who wound up with 86 yards in the game and he caught all of eight of his targets. I'll be a son of a gun. Stefan Diggs. Mm-mm. Stefan Diggs. No touchdowns, but 86 yards. And he caught everything along the way. Stefan Diggs. It's like you almost forgot. Oh, it's depressing. But, uh, more and more reason to believe that Buffalo is going to be damn good. I mean, their defense is really good. Their offense has had some moments in the past, and now you got an elite wide receiver in Stefan Diggs making big plays, and it's only going to get better. I got to think Josh Allen with that mobility is going to be able to buy him some more time. 
to get the ball to Stefan Diggs, and um, we'll see how things go there. 86 yards, nice debut for him. Damn good debut for Stefan Diggs. I mean, I'm, I'm happy for him. I'm sad for us. We could sure use him. We'll move forward. Seattle Seahawks, who I have winning the NFC this year, and I'm not happy about it, but they rolled all over Atlanta in that Mercedes-Benz Stadium, voted as the number one stadium in the NFL. But uh, they sure as hell aren't the number one team in the NFL. Uh, Seattle's Legion of Boom is kind of on the comeback trail. Better defense, so to speak. But uh, Atlanta's offense still managed to get 25 points. And we all know what 34 points versus Green Bay meant today. So they still got beat fairly soundly. Russell Wilson, four touchdowns, 322. Oh, my God, almost 90% completion. 31 of 35. Are you freaking kidding me? Well, there's your league MVP, guys. You got the MVP trophy? Is it ready to go? Are you ready to start engraving Russell Wilson on it? Because I think so. And I'm not happy to say it. I hate the Seahawks. But, I mean, it is what it is, right? That is what it is. 90%? Are you kidding me? It also shows that Dan Quinn's spectacular defense of the Atlanta Falcons ain't spectacular. I, I, I don't know why they keep bringing him back, honestly. Todd Gurley, not much of a spectacular game, but good enough. Still got in the end zone, four yards of carry. And my old buddy, Brian Hill, who I loved in the draft years ago from Wyoming, three carries for 12 yards. Uh, Julio Jones, absolutely awesome. Now, I mean, the offense of Atlanta is what it is. I mean, you got Julio Jones, he's spectacular. Calvin Ridley, Russell Gage, all of them getting in the century mark for receiving. Calvin Ridley, though, would be the fantasy one if you're happy, at least for today. Two touchdowns with his 130 yards. <clears throat> And Julio Jones with 157. Woof, the amazing game for him. But uh, key interception for Matt Ryan ultimately helped helped lead to the loss. But it's just generally speaking, it was Russell Wilson's the reason why the Atlanta Falcons lost the game, period. They just couldn't do anything about it. Los Angeles Chargers, I'm getting used to it now. And they beat Cincinnati in Joe Burrow's NFL debut. And you got to see... <laughs> you got to see Tyrod Taylor... As a starting quarterback again, as I believe he was with Buffalo not too long ago. Oh, Joe Burrow, I guess it's about you, what you'd expect when you're the starting quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals. Pretty much the same kind of thing. You know, just okay numbers, but, you know, an interception and no touchdowns. Joe Mixon, a guy who you'd think would be the spectacular running back. 60, 70 yards occasionally, get, occasionally will get to the century mark, but just wasn't the case today. Pretty boring game, actually. It was nice to see uh, CBS covering this because you're considering the number one pick in the draft and everything. CBS lo locally, this was the CBS game, basically. But, you know, nothing too exciting to write home about with Joe Burrow just yet. And, of course, Tyrod Taylor and the Los Angeles Chargers. It's just kind of like, you know, it's one of those years. You know, it's one of those years where you don't have a whole lot of expectations for your club. And that's just it. Uh, the Battle of the Red, Arizona. And San Francisco, my goodness. Did I talk well about the Arizona Cardinals on the season preview? Because, well, and I encourage a lot of you, I'm guessing a number of you haven't even listened to it yet because it's only been a week and the numbers aren't usually what they become over the course of time on a season preview episode. But uh, I, I spoke highly about the Arizona Cardinals like they could be the surprise team of the NFC this year. And, well, they beat the defending NFC champion, San Francisco 49ers, in, uh, in their home park. So... Yeah, that's just incredible. Uh, nice to see it happen. I'd rather see San Francisco win, generally speaking, but Arizona, 24-20. Nice job. Kyler Murray threw an interception, but still was solid in the game. 
Jimmy Garoppolo got a couple of touchdowns, generally speaking, but again, completion percentage wasn't what it needed to be, particularly down the stretch. Solid quarterback rating and everything because of the touchdowns compared to Kyler Murray with only one and an interception. But Kyler Murray, uh, Kyler Murray showing the athleticism that he does have, wound up with 91 yards on the ground and a touchdown, along with uh, Kenyon Drake throwing one to him for a touchdown. Um, DeAndre, or no, no, Kenyon Drake running it in, excuse me. I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, amazing debut for him, and it's going to be fun. Larry Fitzgerald still playing, the ancient, the ancient one now. Larry Fitzgerald still playing. Max Williams, the former gopher, is on, on the Arizona Cardinals. DeAndre Hopkins, awesome debut, though, and this is why I think Arizona could be something extremely special, especially with Larry Fitzgerald still hanging around. 151 yards on 14 catches, 16 targets for DeAndre Hopkins. Great start with him, and again, Kyler Murray. It is going to be really something. The running game may not be overly great with David Johnson, but what a trade with David Johnson being gone. But when you figure how mobile Kyler Murray is, and can, uh, running backs, you know, aren't as hard to get, particularly in the later mid to later rounds in the draft, and still be, uh, you know, competent guy. I mean, imagine the Arizona Cardinals with Alexander Madison right now. They'd, he'd probably do very well for them. Just just think about it that way. So Arizona off to a nice start to the season, and good for them. Good for them. They got some nice defensive players as well in that secondary. Corey Peters and such. Man, it's going to be a fascinating fascinating thing to keep up with. They're going to be a fun team to watch this season. Congratulations, Arizona. Good start. Good start. Last year, remember, they almost won their first game and they didn't. This year, they did. So, it's going to be very interesting keeping up with those Arizona Cardinals. NFC North Division wrap-up. This is basically it right here. Well, how about the Detroit Lions off to a great start? Of course, they signed Adrian Peterson during the course of this week. Do you remember him, Adrian Peterson? How did he do today? 93 yards on the ground. Adrian Peterson of the Detroit Lions. <laughs> did you ever think you'd hear that? Adrian Peterson of the Detroit Lions, Marvin Jones. I mean, they have some pieces, man. They have some offensive pieces, and they finally have Matthew Stafford healthy again. Detroit should have won this this freaking game. They, they should have won the game. And I'm not mad, uh, necessarily, because I kind of like Chicago more than Detroit. But Detroit should have won this game, and the way they just didn't finish it was maddening as a football fan. I don't like the Lions. I like the Bears a little bit more, just because. You know, they're just, uh, you know, I just, I, I don't know, put it this way, their fans are a little bit nicer than Detroit fans can be sometimes. Uh, Danny, Amendola, Danny Amendola is obviously a you know, solid receiver. T.J. Hawkinson is an elite tight end. Marvin Jones Jr., another nice, solid receiver. Adrian Peterson with 93 yards on the ground, 6.6 to carry, and his long was only 21. Adrian looked good today, man. He looked awesome. Matthew Stafford, one interception. It's unfortunate. It's kind of like Stafford's got a little bit of that Carson Palmer syndrome. Both of them were number one picks in the draft, and when they're good, they're just unbelievable, especially when Carson Palmer was with Cincinnati many years ago. But after the knee injury, he'd have games like this, where he'd attempt a lot of passes, he'd get a good amount of yards, but he'd only throw one touchdown, and he'd, have, he'd always have that interception included. And that was that was just that would just drive you insane down the stretch. Detroit had a pretty big lead in this game, and they just bleep and blew it. They just bleep and blew it. 23-6, to and Chicago started roaring back like the Bears like to do in that, uh, not in the first half, but late in the third quarter. 23-6, to six, you figure Chicago's dead and gone. It's, it's in Detroit. 
and their fan base, oh wait, they're not able to stand up for it field now, as their announcer would say. Chicago scores three touchdowns in the fourth quarter to take the lead, and then Detroit had some golden opportunities to score a touchdown in the end to win the game. Again, 23 or 27 to 23 in favor of Chicago after Mitchell Trubisky, of all people, threw three touchdown passes in the fourth quarter. Mitchell Trubisky, the one everybody's like, why is Chicago going with Mitchell Trubisky instead of Nick Foles? Why? Are they stupid? Are they just like committing suicide here? You know, no, I I guess not. Mitchell Trubisky had one of his best games of his career here with three touchdowns. Mitchell Trubisky threw three touchdowns. He did not have an interception. His completion percentage sucks still. It still sucked. So, yeah, he's not a great player or anything, but, hey, he had a good fourth quarter. Comeback Mitch. one up with a quarterback rating of 104.2 despite 55% completion percentage. Both quarterbacks were inaccurate in the game. The defenses showed up to play a bit. Cordero Patterson had one catch for 12 yards. That's Cordero Patterson, I guess. Anthony Miller, though, big play late. 76 yards on the game. Again, that's Paul Allen's guy. I mean, Paul Allen loved Anthony Miller. And he was right about him. He really was. Uh, Wonderful job kick returning by Cordero Patterson, but I suppose Detroit had some moments where they were kicking the ball in his direction very often. So he's obviously got, he obviously plays a big role for Chicago returning the ball like he did with Minnesota in the past. Uh, Chicago's defense did what they needed to down the stretch. They shut down Detroit when they needed to, and Chicago's offense showed up when they needed to, which was unexpected there. I mean, <laughs> I, I can't believe it, honest to God. 23-6? to six? Are you kidding me? I mean, Chicago's dead. Mitchell Trubisky at the helm. I don't care if it's Detroit. I don't care if it's Jacksonville. It's 23-6. to six. And Mitchell Trubisky's the quarterback, and it's not like they have Walter Payton at running back at this moment. Well, they came back and they won. They won. Very impressive win by the Chicago Bears. and Good for them. That was really well done. Feel bad for Detroit. Uh, there was a play that needed to be made. There was a sure touchdown that was dropped. I mean, just flat dropped by DeAndre Swift. And it, it's just sad. It was a touchdown, man. That was a touchdown, and he just didn't catch it. I mean, the object is to catch the ball, right? And he didn't catch it. A guy that actually caught three passes in the game for 29 yards. Adrian Peterson. That's right. Adrian Peterson's getting a little versatile in his old age now. He's, he's getting versatile, you know. Not really, but uh, I'm just, I'm surprised. He had an awesome game. Good good for him. I can imagine how frustrated he might be, but uh, he looked good. He really did, and good for him. It looks like he's wearing 28 again, too. I mean, this signing just happened because the Washington football team cut Adrian Peterson, and yes, he is wearing number 28 again. Isn't that cool? Good for him, though. I mean, he's going to he's gonna catch up to some of those legends up there because he's, he's in that group now. He was able to catch them over the course of time. I mean, it is uh, impressive. It is really impressive what Adrian has been able to do over the course of his career. I'm going to do a little digging here because Adrian has got to be he's fifth all-time, isn't he? That's what I thought, fifth all-time. And it's crazy to think of the guy that's one space ahead of him. Uh, Barry Sanders. Adrian Peterson actually passed Curtis Martin at the end of last season after what an amazing career Curtis had. And his longevity kept him going, and Adrian's longevity is still moving forward. Wouldn't that be something if Adrian had a 1,200-yard season or something like that, and he passed Mr. Detroit Lion himself as a member of the Detroit Lions? Wouldn't that be the darndest thing? Adrian needs just over 1,000 yards, and after today, yeah, he needs just over 1,000 yards this season to pass Barry Sanders. 
And then he would be, wow, only a few yards away from Frank Gore. I can't believe it. Frank Gore's third all time. That's crazy. He's probably only going to get like like 400 yards this year, though, because he's just ancient and he's on a crappy team. Uh, they're not going to run the ball very much because they're probably going to be behind every day. But uh, that's just the way that goes. Walter Payton, still fairly untouchable. Nimitz Smith, that's about 4,000 yards away. I don't know, man. <laughs> if Adrian plays till he's 100, I guess so. Uh, I had to get into that because it's, it's gotten to that point with Adrian Peterson. I'm going to keep up with Adrian Peterson like I did with the Washington Redskins last year when they were still the Redskins, so I can still call them that for last season. And now it's Detroit. I'm going to watch closely. It's, it's, it's history. Like him or not, like what happened with him, like his fumbling, blah, blah, blah. God drove us crazy. Like his weird attitude or weird things he says or not. Uh, why not keep up with history? And he's actually playing a lot better than Frank Gore the last couple of years. Frank Gore's definitely slowed down, unfortunately. So, but both of them, so impressive that they're still going. And my God, you know, third all-time for Frank Gore. I can't even believe that. He passed Barry Sanders. Oh, that is the darndest thing, isn't it? So with that said, let's look at the Indianapolis Colts. Now that I've run this long as I need to. Hope I'm not boring anybody, but I suppose some people might call that good information. You know, talking about the one of the greatest of all time, if we like it or not. Indianapolis Colts today lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yes, it was in Jacksonville, but it's the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's a mess. Uh, Gardner Minshew. Yeah, okay. Gardner Minshew. Who now? Again? Yeah, Gardner Minshew. Oh, by the way, Gardner Minshew the second. <sighs> okay. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you sitting down or are you standing up? Are you sitting down or standing up? Gardner Minshew completed 19 of 20 passes for 95% and three touchdowns. Yeah. What the, hell, what the hell can you do? What planet are we living on? I mean, okay. Uh, that's really cool. That's amazing what you're able to accomplish. But what the heck is this? I mean, <laughs> okay, man. Uh Indianapolis Colts, you suck. You suck. Gardner Minshew looked like Joe Montana. He looked like Joe Montana. He's not attempting like, you know, 48 passes like like uh, Patrick Mahomes. Just a few passes, but he completed what he what he attempted, basically. And guys like Keenan Cole, James Robinson, uh, who again? Uh, if you play fantasy football and stuff, you might know who they are. No, that, those are the those are the those are the running backs. I'm losing. Yeah, Keenan Cole, James Johnson. I mean, it's just crazy. You know, James Robinson is the running back, generally speaking. Again, it's like, who is that? James Hollywood Robinson, the former Timberwolf, Portland Trailblazer? Did he shoot three-pointers? No, he ran for 62 yards. Eh, yep, well, that's what he did. Naheem Hines, uh, I, I was a fan of his coming into the draft time as a uh, special teams ace, possibly coming to the Vikings, but now he's been on the Colts ever since. Phillip Rivers, what did Phillip Rivers do? Tell me what Phillip Rivers did in this game. And tell me why I'm not scared going into next week, even as awful as the Vikings were, but then again, maybe I should be scared if the secondary sucks as hard as it did this week. And I better hope it doesn't, because if it does, oh boy, get your 1-15 in in shirts ready. I don't think we're going to be that bad, no. But (laughs) if it sucks as bad, though, we're going to lose to everybody if it sucks as that bad. Again, that was Rodgers, though. Phillip Rivers... He threw for 363 yards. He completed almost 80% of his passes, but he threw for a couple interceptions, and they lost the game. I mean, that's Phillip Rivers. He'll get some gaudy numbers, but then there's always that one stat 
that you got to slide to the right a little bit. Just, just, just slide that bar over to the right a little bit. Again, now I swear by Yahoo Sports, just so you know, that's where all these stats and scores and numbers and information come from. Yahoo Sports. So they're upsetting them, of course, which I should do. I'm not just, well, and it had to come from somewhere, right? I'm not writing it all down. I'm not a newspaper. <laughs> Two interceptions up. Oh, here's the train. That's the Packers coming through. Yeah, the Packers coming through. I'm sorry, but it better not be Philip Rivers next week. There is a train, though, in the background. I live by a train track here in Golden Valley, Minnesota. One touchdown and two interceptions. 363, so expect a lot of uh, a lot of aerial attack from the, uh, the uh, Indianapolis Colts next week. Let's look at history a little bit. Historically, this has not been a good matchup for the Minnesota Vikings, and that's what would have scared me a little bit in the Super Bowl if the Vikings played the Colts in the Super Bowl in 09. Also, the fact that we'd never beaten that stinking Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning and Tom Brady had owned the Vikings forever. Colts, historically, 17-7-1 versus the Minnesota Vikings. That's harsh. And we've lost how many in a row? At least five. Yep, we've lost five in a row. We'd won five in a row, so that's interesting. If that pattern continues, that means we'll win next week. Before that, that was, oh my God, it was bad. Whew, going all the way back to the 1960s. There was a long stretch. Okay, let's let this... <laughs> Maybe we'll let this go through if we can hear it. I'm sure you can. They were the Baltimore Colts going back to the 60s. The first matchup ever between these two teams, the Colts beat the Vikings by one point in 1961, October 1st, 1961. And we played them again just like five weeks later. Ain't that a son of a gun? Were we in the same division back then or something? Maybe, huh? Must have been. Yeah, I think we were because we played super often back then. I, I'm, I don't know. I guess so. But uh, a lot of noise in the background. Apologize. Yep, there go the. That's uh, Aaron Rodgers. That's uh, Aaron Jones. You know, Devontae Adams. I mean, what what more can I say? It was an awful game. Okay, so I'm gonna make fun of it. But uh, we played many times back in the old days. Points total scored in the history of this playoff series, or playoff series, this overall series. 653 Colts, Minnesota 502. Vikings beat the Colts in 1961, five weeks after they lost to the Colts, 28 to 30, uh, 28 to 20. And, and the Vikings lost four in a row until 1964, where we won one game over the Baltimore Colts, 34 to 4, uh, 24, September 13th, 1964. And then we, boy, we went winless until 1968. With one, two, three, four, five losses in a row. There's that pattern again. Five losses in a row. We, then we tied one with the Colts in 1967. Lost two more after that by 10 or more points. And then in 69, the Vikings ended up on a five-game win streak that dated from 1969. So this is when things must have changed. Yep, this is when things changed. When the NF, NFL became the NFC. And the AFC became the, uh, or the AFL became the AFC. So Baltimore Colts, I believe, moved from the NFL to the a uh, AFC at the time. That must be what changed things, is my belief. Because there was a, an 11-year wait between the Vikings and the Colts. But during a span of 20, no, a span of 18 years, that is, that is 20, yeah, that is 28 years, a span of 28 years, the Vikings won five in a row in 28 years. 52-14, to 14, the Vikings said, enough of this bull crap. We're the best team in football. The 1969 Vikings, yeah, the one that went to the Super Bowl. 
enough of this bullcrap. We're better than these a these these a holes. They've beaten us how many times in a row? We haven't beaten them since '64. We're gonna kick their butts, 52 to 14. Then we beat them 10 to 3 a couple years later, and then 11 years later, the Vikings finally play the Colts again in a mediocre 1982 season in the bleeping Metrodome-ish, 13 to 10. 82 Vikings. Who's ever heard of the 82 Vikings? I don't know. The 88 Vikings, that was a more entertaining team, but that didn't do a whole lot after they made the playoffs. 12 to 3. <laughs> okay. Field goal fast. That's right. And then the dramatic, like, we're finally going to make the playoffs again because the Colts are the worst team in football, and that's why they got Peyton Manning in the, you know, in April 98. <laughs> December 97, the Vikings finally won one more game after starting the season 8-2. Dropping all the way to eight and seven, and said, "F this, we're going to at least sneak into the playoffs," and they did. And then we beat the Giants and got destroyed by the 49ers. Yep, yeah, that was the '97 season. Since then, we haven't beaten the Baltimore Colts. Excuse me, Indianapolis Colts. We haven't beaten them since then. 2000, we lost 31 to 10 to Peyton Manning. 2004, we got killed by or got beaten barely by Peyton Manning. I remember we were winning that game. Peyton Manning ran the ball in for a touchdown. I still remember that very well. That was when Peyton Manning was the MVP of the league back in 04. It was a very epic battle between Culpepper and Manning. And I remember him running that one in, and they won the game. Four years later, the Colts beat the Vikings 18-15. to Peyton Manning at the helm, yes. And then the uh, Indianapolis Colts again in 2012. I'm trying to think of, yeah, this must have been Andrew Luck by then. Had to have been, right? Yeah, it was Andrew Luck by then. 23-20. Uh, to and then in 2016, ho, oh, ho, oh, oh, ho, oh. ho. If Zimmer was on the hot seat, he would have been fired after this game, 34-6, to when the Vikings' playoff hopes were still very much alive and it was a home game, and the Colts just destroyed the Vikings. So that's four years ago. We play them every four years now with the way things are set up. Um, that way you get a more consistent back and forth with the same teams and such when the other conference. But that's how it's been over the many, many years of the Colts. And the Vikings it hasn't been the happiest, most successful time. I gotta think this Viking team can beat this Colts team. And you want to believe if they can't beat Jacksonville, then Vikings should be able to take care of business. But I don't know. I mean, the Vikings secondary was so bad. That's how the Colts would beat us. It's like one way or another. Phil Rivers is the X factor in this game. Kirk Cousins, Delvin Cook, and all that can do what they want. And I'm believing that they will show up and they will have a a, a, a great day. We'll see more Justin Jefferson. I gotta hope. Uh, Vikings will play. It will be ahead. Maybe he can do more damage with Delvin Cook down the stretch. Which would be greatly, greatly appreciated at the end of the day. But um, if this, if, if uh, Phil Rivers is able to have some success against this secondary that is just, you know, they're inexperienced and they're ready to play. And they're, they're not ready to play, pardon me. And of course, no Daniil Hunter for three weeks at least, which I didn't even talk about, but that is a huge thing. Obviously, I talked about it a bit in the first segment, but I didn't even mention it as much as I should have, probably. Obviously, that's a huge problem. You couldn't get much of a pass rush without Daniel Hunter. And it's just was such a bad game. And no pass rush coming in the direction of Aaron Rodgers. Hopefully, the Vikings can get some bit of a pass rush in this one moving forward. But my confidence level isn't good. It's more of Ngakwe not able to get going. But also... Packers offensive line, you got to think, was able to focus more on Ngakwe uh, going in as well. So, sucks thinking that Daniel Hunter's out at least three weeks, if not eight or more, at the end of the day with the neck injury, which was once called a tweak, and it's not a tweak anymore when you consider what it is, a neck injury. 
So, there it is. I gotta think the Vikings can beat the Indianapolis Colts. I'm gonna come step out in faith and say they will. I'm gonna expect a better performance. The offense looked okay in today's game. It looked fine. Uh, could it be a lot? Could it be better? Could it be more consistent? Absolutely. Are we gonna believe that uh, Mike Zimmer is gonna shore things up a little bit on the defensive side of the ball down the stretch? I, I gotta hope so. It, it's just funny too how in the two halves the Vikings defense was solid for the most part, until they had some weird gaffes. And, of course, Kirk Cousins' terrible pass really helped change the pace of the game uh, before the second half. And then the Vikings' secondary just vanished off the face of the earth. But you got to remember the Packers did not punt. So as solid as the Vikings' defense appeared to be in the red zone, they still stunk because the Packers still got to the red zone. The Packers were still in position to score. And eventually things went in that direction in a terrible way. I'm going to step out in faith, though, and say the Vikings come out and score 35 points against this Colts team, and maybe, again, Phillip Rivers has multiple interceptions, and the Vikings are able to capitalize on that and build some confidence with some of these young guys. Maybe Gladney gets his first interception right away. Maybe uh, Danster takes one to the house. Wouldn't that be nice? Or you get Anthony Harris taking one to the house, which he did a lot last year in terms of he got plenty of interceptions and was a co-MVP in my mind. It was a beautiful, uh, beautiful performance by... Uh, Anthony Harris last season at the end of the day. Vikings are going to win the game 35-28. It's going to be kind of an offensive battle back and forth. It'll be sloppy. It'll be frustrating. You'll probably see interceptions from both quarterbacks. You're going to see bad defense from the Vikings. That's going to drive you crazy, I got to think, but it'll be a little better than it was this week. This isn't Aaron Rodgers. You can say what we want about Phillip Rivers, but he's not Aaron Rodgers. He's just not. And that's just all there is to say about that. Uh, so, Vikings win 35-28 over a Indianapolis team that I think could be on their way to a very a very bad place when it comes to the when it comes to this season. With that said, we'll take a break and we will return for fan interaction. We are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number three, fan interaction. From what I can tell, there were no call-ins, so let's go to uh, let's go to Twitter first at Purple Mafia Show at Purple Mafia Show, and I also encourage you to <laughs> encourage you to follow at Paladino Live. That is my personal Twitter account that I've had forever. I just haven't been talking about it. I just kind of buried it basically, and I probably should have it out there instead of just the show ones. So if you'd like to follow my personal Twitter account, go ahead. At Paladino Live. It'll be in the show description with this one. Mad Martin, Northern Scotland, says, I'm ready for football at long last. And there it is. Unfortunately, lots of cardboard cutouts there in the stands, but the Viking logo. And it's nice to be back, though. Mad Martin says, and I think that will cost us the game. What was I, what were we saying back and forth? Uh, yep, I was saying it's awesome. But it's weird. No home field advantage, really, now. And I was saying it's awesome. I'm very glad. That's what I was saying. There was some kind of a typo there, probably because of from voice text and messed it up. But I was saying no home field advantage really now. And yeah, he was saying that will cost us the game, and it did. It was part of costing us the game. And Matt Martin was saying, hope you are well, and I hope you are as well, and thank you very much for that. The nice drive to open the game. Uh, Matt Martin says, Zimmer is going to earn his cash as you're making those corners effective. Otherwise, 
we are in the shit. And so far, at least for one game, we're in the shit, all right. Mad Martin was saying he's surviving, my friend. Yep, that's good. Yep, yep, same here. He says, uh, a long drive could be helpful here, otherwise the D will be will buggered come to the fourth. And they were, great job, O-line, says Mad Martin. That was again on that uh, that corner blitz. Or actually, this was the Zadarius Smith. Or uh, Brian O'Neill. That was about as bad as Brian O'Neill's looked down the stretch. And uh, that Packer defensive line made the Vikings O-line look like horse bleep last year. And I think that was Brian O'Neill in that game, too. Actually, Mad Barn says nine and seven are worse. Oh boy! Well, they were going to be ten and six with that win over the Packers today, so they'll have to make it up. Or nine and seven is very much in play, or possibly worse. Very possible. Uh, if the defense is as bad as it looked today, they're going to be worse than nine and seven. And that's not being negative; it's just looking at the obvious at this point. Mad Barn says not a great start to the season. Did you expect better? Kind of, but of course, again, there was so many negative vibes coming around the team with the Neil Hunter's injuries and situation, and, you know, you lose all these guys. Linval Joseph leaves, and then, oh yeah, and Michael Pierce opts out. It's like, I barely even mentioned this earlier, but it's like, that's what I meant, was seeing all the bad vibes coming in, and a lot of you already knew this. Michael Pierce opting out, uh, you know, and a lot of you already knew this. That's why I didn't talk about it as much, but again, that's, it's just a bad vibe coming into this season. And that sucks. And remember how 16, there was the bad vibe with Teddy Bridgewater. That was the beginning of it. And obviously Zimmer had kind of a weird attitude that year. Like, because there was something else going on with Bridgewater before all that. Like, what's going on? You know, and then Zimmer would just say, it's my decision. I'm not going to say or whatever this and that about uh, Teddy Bridgewater not not practicing. Uh, a lot of people believed he had a sore shoulder or something at the time. Some, I mean, it makes you almost wonder if he did have a weird knee issue that nobody knew about at the time, and then wham, it, it took place. But no, you had that, and then you had Adrian Peterson tear his meniscus in the season opener, the very first home game in U.S. Bank Stadium. Adrian Peterson tears his meniscus. That was just great. And then a few weeks later, Matt Khalil's out for the season. And then you get Jake Long, and he's not up to snuff right away. And yet you're still 5-0, and which was amazing. But then, yeah, Matt Khalil's out for the season. Jake Long comes in. And he, you know, eventually he just knew that 5-0 and thing was going to completely come to a screeching halt. And boy, did it. Jake Long was good for a little while, and then he tore his Achilles and never played again. He just said, hell with it. I'm not coming back again after that. After Jake Long had been through all the crap he'd been through already, he was like, bleep this. I'm not coming back ever again. And um, that was depressing. So, yep, I'm, it's not that bad yet, but it's it's getting a vibe. And remember how the Vikings finished that year, about 8-8. Eight and eight. Uh, or we know seven, eight, and one. That was that weird tie we had that year. Bad Martin says, "I remember, I remember hearing our beloved GM saying this is an evolving team. That's code for don't expect much this year." Yeah, I, I, I know it. Bad Martin was saying Zimmer's got his work cut out this year. Sadly, you might be correct. Seriously, I have zero expectations this year. I was saying, yeah, all the bad plays. You have the third and sixteen screen plats with. Uh, Sharp, TJ, Tajay Sharp, that was a very weird situation. Matt Martin says, should we just forget the 2020, 2020 season? This is horrendous. And then he wrapped up with, I figured the D would take a step back this year, and boy, did it. Because all those departures, it's kind of looking like the O the one Vikings. And we lost John Randall, and we lost multiple other players. We lost a lot of guys. And, of course, the season ended with freaking, you know, the saddest thing ever, Corey Springer dying in the, of that, you know, the whole situation with it was super hot and humid and 
he didn't drink enough water and all of his organs just shut down. That was, oh, oh my God. That was one of the sickest things ever in a bad way. Terrible. Um, I want to thank, to think that's 19 years ago already. Damn. Um, I want to thank all of, uh, just multiple people that, multiple people that, let me get a second here. I was also looking to see if, uh, yep, so Gerald Spring retweeted the last episode. Thank you very much, Gerald Spring, with the retweet. Also, Vinrock Vince Germano, Malcolm McSween, and Tanae Brown. Yep, thank you guys so much. Malcolm McSween out of California, Tanae Brown out of New Zealand, and Vinrock Vince Germano out of Australia, Gerald Spring out of Nebraska. Thank you guys so much for retweeting the most recent show on Twitter. Thank you so much for the conversation, man, Martin. It is always just an absolute pleasure. Can't thank you enough. Just love you to death. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Thank you guys again for joining. If you could, follow the Twitter account at Purple Mafia Show or at Paladino Live. Follow both of them if you could. It would be greatly appreciated. And, of course, like and join the conversation with uh, the Purple Mafia Show. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. All those will be in the show description. So leaving where we left off, picking up where we left off anyway, Purple Mafia episode 319, season preview 2020, blah, blah, blah. Mark Carlson out of Iowa says, finally. And then he says, this podcast is timeless. Here we have a blurry pick from the days of old. And I believe this was 2014. Yes, yeah, weird to imagine that being old, but I, I guess it is already. Yep, that's on an old, old, uh, looks like an iPhone 4 there. Pretty cool, pretty cool, because that was back then in 2004 when iPhone 4 wasn't as old as it is now. We'll put it that way. <laughs> it's an old veteran now, isn't it? Mark Carlson says, and now we have today's episode still fresh after all these years. And there it is on, I'm not sure which application that one is. That looks like a Bluetooth on a television. Yeah, thank you very much, Mark. Yep, and that's with the iPhone. I believe Bluetooth to the TV. Thank you for that. That's pretty cool. And Gerald String says, awesome. Yep, thank you, thank you, thank you. We'll move up. And there it is. Vikings' Daniel Hunter expected to miss at least three games while on injured reserve. Luckily, he wasn't out for the season, because when you saw IR, you think he's done for the whole year. But luckily, not quite that bad. And here's all the comments. Gerald Spring says, great. Brad McCarthy says, what's wrong with him? And yep, by now he probably learned it's the neck injury. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So we will continue to move up. Now we get to the 9-11. This was on the actual September 11th. I was saying 19 years ago. Can you believe it's that long? One of the craziest things we could ever imagine happened, uh, happening happened. God bless and remember those who were involved in one way or another. We will never forget. Yep, and I believe there were a couple of responses here and four shares. Wow, thank you for that. There. Mark Charleston says, well done, sir. And Gerald Spring says, thanks for posting, Joey. And yep, thank you guys for that. Source Vikings Cook gets five years, $63 million deal. I know some people are happy and some people aren't. Leland out of Iowa says, finally. Mark Carlson out of Iowa says, now let's stay healthy. Yes, please. Please do stay healthy. That would be absolutely great. Uh, that would be absolutely great, Dalvin Cook, if you could stay healthy. We could sure use that. Because if he does, he's worth every penny, every freaking penny of that contract. There's no question about it. Because when he stays healthy, he's a superstar. He's He's legit. When he doesn't stay healthy, no, he's not worth any more than anybody else at that point. So, <laughs> he's not worth anybody, you know. Yeah, he's not worth any more than any of us at that point because we're not playing. 
Um, I wish I could, I wish this came out in order. It'd make things easier. It used it used to, but it doesn't anymore. Now it's just sitting there with a spinning wheel. I might uh, decide to change venues here if this keeps up. Todd Vandermeer says just plain awful cool. This is during the in-game thread. I used to hear from Todd Vandermeer out of Indiana. Cool man. Brett McCarthy says, what do you expect with no pressure on riders and no preseason to see what you got? Yeah, it didn't help. It didn't help. But Josh Mirren says, it's going to be a rough season with this current defense. They can't do anything. Dave Vicky was saying they better get a TV disc driver was screwed. and Yep, and then it didn't work. And Kurt back out of, uh, <laughs> out of White Bear Lake says, we screwed. That's funny. Uh, Brett McCarthy says, "School still, uh, yep, still up in the air about all the political crap in sports." My mind says, "Don't watch." My heart says, "Check it out before judging." Two hours to decide, School Vikings. It looks like you watched, but yeah, the political stuff is getting really old, isn't it? I uh, completely, completely agree. I completely agree. It's such a absolute drag. No question about that. As we'll continue to uh, look through this. If humanly possible, or so I'd like to. Let's continue to scroll up and down and up and down. Josh Meir Henry says, again, Josh Meir Henry out of Colorado says, well, with all the defensive changes and the current injuries, this is how I figured this game would go, and the Vikings' offense is dead since that first drive. We need a major wake-up at halftime if we want to win this game. And, yeah, that was an absolute mess. That was during the course of the thing, and I was saying, yep, Holden Hill had a great stop early, and then down it went. Oh, boy. What an absolute mess. What an absolute mess. Josh Marino Henry says defense sucks. No pressure, no tackling. This could get out of hand fast. Yep. Jesse Ball thought the Vikings were going to win 28-23. to Ben, I wish they did. I wish they did. I wish they did. No question about it. Uh, let's scroll back up. Let's get to the uh, post-game threads. As we dug around in the in-game thread a bit. Yep, kind of quiet, but there was a lot to say from everybody that did talk. That's the good part, and it's how it's a different person. That's good, too. It's all different people. That's obviously super important. I don't like this most relevant. They're all relevant, damn it. It's just absolutely true. Yeah, everybody's relevant. I don't know why I would even say that, but because that's just mean, right? No, <laughs> I mean, it's. I don't know how we could even know if it's relevant or not. Leland out of Iowa says, a lot of work to be done. Hard to believe, but the defense looked terrible. Yes, I know they had a few missing. Just seemed like they had no coaching. Zimmer looked lost. The rookies looked good. Something to look forward to. Now, not to be politically incorrect, I'll just say I watched with no sound for most of the game. Commercials, I just picked up the iPhone and surfed. Things just taste good when it's... Things just taste good when it's crammed on your throat all the time. (laughs) Sorry for the ranch, Joey, and Purple Mafia. I don't disagree with you at all, Leland. I don't disagree with you. I don't. It's. It is. It's becoming too much. It is, and it's okay. Uh, I understand if it's like the first game of the season, and you want to get your point across, and blah blah blah. I I get that to a point, but if it's the whole season, every single game, okay. You know, I mean, is that really going to help, or are we kind of just kind of irritating each other at the end of the day? I feel that. I feel that. Um, Mark Carlson, yeah, this is a major thing. Iowa, of course, Purple Mafia Hall of Famer, and uh, he says, I miss fans in the stands. The game was missing the electricity. I don't even know what to say about this team. I felt like we had the Packers contained early on, but holy cow. Yeah, holy cow is right. That was, uh, 
that was really something. Yep, um, it was really a big deal with no fans in the stands. I thought it was very depressing. I got sleepy. I got sleepy watching it. There was just no energy whatsoever because there's just nobody there. And there was no real fake crowd noise. At least give us something. And no gallo horn, this and that. Was that because of they wanted to honor George Floyd or something? That there's no gallo horn? That didn't that took all the energy out of the building though. I don't know if that had to do with it, what they're doing, but I don't know, or pay their respects to George Floyd, so to speak. Uh, Jeff Holmgren says, same old problems and nothing done about fixing anything other than extending contracts for more money. Until new owners that will make changes to win, nothing to expect out of this team other than making the playoffs as a wild card or not making the playoffs. And I can understand your frustration, Jeff. I, I really can. Dave Hickey says, and he's also a Purple Mafia Hall of Famer out of Iowa, Zimmer was not out missing tackles, and although the coverage was not bad, could anyone, and although I'm guessing he's saying, although the coverage was bad, could anyone not st uh, stick their hand out to block a pass? No pass rush at all. Kendricks was the only Viking worthy of a game ball. Defensively, yes, I would say that. Otherwise, uh, Adam Thielen, for me, was worthy of a game ball on the offensive side. Jeff Holmgren says neither is Bill Belichick, but he has six Super Bowl wins. But, yeah, going out and getting tackles. Going on getting tackles, indeed. So, yep, there is that frustration and ongoing situation there that could drive anybody crazy. Dave Vicky says, pathetic, or just pathetic. Cook gets his money, then goes out and basically got outplayed by Madison. <laughs> yeah, he was for a while. Cousins was off the mark most of the day, thanks to the Vikings' shitty O-line. And Dickhead Rogers was spot on with his with his passes. Pass rush was a non-factor that Rogers had all day to pick us apart, which he did over and over and over. And yes, he did. Yes, he did. <laughs> Dave, I can't disagree with any of that. Cannot. Uh, Brett McCarthy says first game, no preseason. What did you expect? Uh, well, the Packers had no preseason either. That's my thing. And of course, yes, Aaron Rodgers owned the Vikings forever. That's where I'm not surprised. As for no preseason. I mean, it, it hurts us more because a lot of the young guys and a lot of the changes. So I, I get that to a point, but nobody had a preseason. That's that's kind of my slight comeback to it. I still think that was extremely disappointing, but uh, no, I mean, I understand. Brett McCarthy's probably as frustrated and disappointed as the rest of us. It's not like he's this big homer, so none of us really are. Uh, Brett McCarthy's a Purple Mafia Hall of Famer as well. I mean, a lot of you guys are just spectacular. I miss seeing some of you out there. Jake Rubinsky, I haven't seen him since last year. Good to see him. He said, Cousins to BC, first touchdown, Vikings win 31-24. That was cool, a cool thought, and I was hoping it would happen. One thing Kirk, Kirk, Kirk said, I'm surprised you'd say this. Yeah, he sucked on the play. O'Neal sucks balls? No, no, Kirk, he doesn't suck balls. He sucked balls in that play, and he had a crappy game. But O'Neal was like, he, he's the best offensive lineman we got. <laughs> so I'm not going to beat up him. I'm not going to beat him up too much. But again, I understand your frustration. He had a bad game. And just about everybody did except Thielen and uh, Kendricks. And the whole defense looked like poo basically the whole game. Actually, it didn't. In the red zones, they were good. But, you know, within the 20s, they were poo because they gave up a bajillion yards. And. That's why the Packers didn't punt until one time in the second half. Not one punt. Not one. That, that's weird. That's just weird. Um, it's just crazy. Oh, and also the fact that how the Vikings did their goal line stand on Green Bay on the fourth down, so then the next play we get a safety. That was just embarrassing, too, when that took place. A safety. 
<laughs> the corner rush. That was just embarrassing. That was where the that was where the corner rush happened. The sack on Cousins was the corner rush uh, by that son of a gun we've all we all got frustrated with. So uh, uh, Jair Alexander just driving us crazy. He's the one that actually got the safety, and then the Packers got the ball right back anyway. So it was like, yay! <laughs> Wasn't that great? We got the ball. We got a false start, which was a couple inches basically because you're already at the goal line, and then. Yeah, I mean, it was just bullcrap. It was an absolute bullcrap game in general. Awesome fan interaction, guys. Uh, I'm guessing, I mean, I, I wish there was a little bit more, but I'm sure a lot of people out there were frustrated and not interested, or hopefully they're not on other pages doing all their commenting. I'll keep commenting on this page. I, I missed you. Uh, some of you out there that I didn't hear from, hopefully you'll come as the uh, weeks progress. Maybe we'll have a more positive week next week with the Colts. That's where things stand there. Nice to see the weather finally improve today after we'd have just cold and wet, cold and wet, cold and wet. I don't like hot and humid either, but I don't like cold and wet. Cold and wet sucks. Uh, hot and humid sucks. Today was like dry and, and warm. That was solid. And the only problem was my only complaint is just endless smoke in the sky from California. And so we got like a pinkish purplish sun. Skull. We got the purple sun. That's crazy. Absolutely crazy. <laughs> Absolutely crazy indeed how that all turned out. Um, it was too dramatic at the end of the day, uh, looking at that purple sun. But it, it was kind of cool, but a depressing day on the field. No question about that. The LA Rams lead the Cowboys 20-14 to 14 right now, just for some random information. And I was kind of down on them. Didn't they have them finishing in last place? It might end up being San Francisco. The Rams are actually pretty good, so I shouldn't trash them like I do. I just had a feeling they are going to drop off. They were super disappointing last year, but maybe with the new uniforms they'll be better uh, at the end of the day. But um, what can you say? Uh, depressing game, but at least the weather improved. Finally, we got some drier weather, maybe some sun, but of course what I was trying to say is we didn't get to see the blue sky, we just saw smoke, basically. So hopefully they get things under control in California. I think the whole world knows about that. At least most of the world knows about what's going on in California right now at the end of the day, so that's just kind of how that goes. Um, that's just how that goes. Uh, hopefully hopefully you guys have a good week out there. Hopefully the Vikings end up making a, a nice speedy recovery going into next week. That would be amazing if that could happen, but I'm not super confident. Hopefully it's just rookie jitters and guys like Cameron Danstar are better. And then maybe you get to see Jeff Gladney go out there and have a big, strong start to his career. Other than that, well, just got to hope for the best. Hope you have a good week. Hope you're safe. Uh, also, I better pass out the awards for the show. Not too many people commented, but there was a lot of good back and forth on here, like there always is. The gold star for this episode. Man, it's, it's a lot of, there's a lot of good ones in today's show. Gold star for this episode, I'm going to give it to uh, Dave Hickey. Very, very uh, solid day for Dave Hickey, I'd have to say. And uh, silver star to Dave uh, to Dave Martin. So it's Dave and Dave. And then bronze star to uh, Josh Mayer Henry out of Colorado. So I passed out the stars. I didn't forget. That was good. Also, if you'd like to do a uh, audio submission, it would be greatly appreciated. Always love when you guys do that. Simply use your smart device. Click record on the free voice recording application. Simply click record on it, 
and then talk, basically treat it like a phone call, hit stop, save it, and email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com, and then you will be able to join the fan interaction with your voice. That'd be great. You would actually lead it off, and that would be awesome to hear from you. Just uh, If you're somebody who's not familiar to the show, like you're, like you're a new person, which I'd love to have. I'd love to have a new person, and I'd love to have somebody who's called in many times, like a Dave Martin. I'd love to have Gerald String. Love to hear from Malcolm again. It's been a while. Love to hear from Brett Jacobson. It's been a while. Sebastian Barton. It, he's he's left Facebook, which is really a bummer. I miss him. I don't blame him, but man, I miss him. But probably got sick of all the politics there too. Mark Carlson, Dave Hickey, all of you guys can call in any and every one of you. Brett McCarthy would be great to hear from you. It really would. Uh, but then again, yep, then I would convert it into an MP3 file thanks to Zumzar.com. They give a free service if it's a small file, which that would be. So I'm more than happy to give them a free plug because they help my show by existing. By simply existing, they help my show. So thank you so much, Zumzar, for that. No question about it. And one final thing. Please write a positive rating for Purple Mafia on iTunes if you could. It would be greatly appreciated. A nice five-star rating on what you like about the show. Maybe what you like approved, uh, improved, pardon me, if you really want and there's, it would just be a huge help. It would be a huge help uh, always because uh, there were some trolls years ago, and that hurt things it, many, many years ago, like 10 years ago. It was like Troll City, 12 years ago especially, in 2008, like right out of the gate. It was just Troll City, so it's been on a recovery bandwagon ever since, which is really sad. Uh, could appreciate the help out there, some of you, because, <laughs> I mean, most of you, i got to think, believe this show is better than its overall rating on iTunes, so I could use the help. Otherwise, take care, everyone. God bless, and we'll talk to you next week. Skull Vikings, hopefully they recover from what happened today. <laughs>